Welcome, everybody, to the Plot Armor Podcast. My name is Brett. I'm Katie. And I'm Eric. And we are going to talk about Attaway once again. We're going to wrap up what we missed out last episode because we, we ended it at, like, Saturday. So we never got to Sunday. Yep. And Sunday had big things. So that was we're like going to talk the, about the Sunday now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just dive into it. So did anything happen Sunday morning? Oh, wait, wait, can I, can I reroute this whole thing to Saturday night? Uh, sure, why okay. not? We're going back in time, because uh, the Grey Moth went on a super awesome safety mission yes. to save a bunch of... Oh, did we of... not talk about that? We did not. And <laughs> okay, I didn't want yeah, yeah. to push any buttons, because I know we were going on like 12 hours of us talking about Attaway, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had a uh, we had a NPC with us that I was trying to teach how to uh, be a proper superhero. And he was the uh, super mega trash panda and <laughs> and myself. And then uh, we were standing out in front of uh, the Gilded Lantern, right? That's the name of the, the, yep. the end game? Yeah. Okay. The bar, yeah, yeah. I get that one confused with, like, all the other bars because they all have really cool names and they all just kind of meld in my head. What is but, it? The uh, Rack, the Green Room, the Gilded the Lantern. Lobster Pot. That's the my favorite pot. one. I forget which one's for the um, the factory district with this, that's near the school. But that's about yeah. The maimed yeah. limb. I don't know. The maimed uh, limb. Uh, <laughs> That'd be my bar. <laughs> my hand's right. stuck in the cotton gin. <laughs> anyways, um, so anyways, we uh, a police officer showed up and was like, "Oh, we need help. There's a horrible situation." And we ran down there, and we had uh, Duck. I'm trying to think of all the people, Bliss, and the NPC. And it was kind of unfortunate that we couldn't get anybody else, but it was like one of those things where it's like directly like everybody come with me type of deal. And those were the direct people around me. So, and I could tell it was getting kind of late and the people probably wanted to pack up and go to bed or whatever. Right. Or at least go on with other plots. So we ran down there and we discovered that uh, the moss um, arch enemy, the flame has uh, destroyed all of the, the fire, uh, suppression systems inside the this like store and that the store when people leave would catch fire and kill everybody inside basically okay so they had to fix the fire suppression system while being uh called up on the on the walkie-talkies by a evil person yelling at us and we saved the day yeah the the evil guy taught you how to defuse the bomb no the the flame was uh calling us on the walkie-talkie and telling us that, you know, she's going to kill us all and we're all going to burn and die. Oh, <laughs> how nice of them. And then we just and, had to, like, cut, like, wires. I, yeah, and I heard you were giving instructions to the other two to cut the wires for the bomb. Yeah, we had a good That's time. That's pretty cool. It yeah, it sounds like, it sounds pretty cool. Yep. And it sounds like everybody had a great time, and it's one of those, it sounds like you would have liked to rope more people in, but it sounds nice that there was only, like, three yeah. or four of you i feel like because... a lot of the the plots that we go on end up being like very like really good for like maybe uh four players or something like that when you get especially when you get like a puzzle yeah. i feel like if you have too many people on a puzzle run it gets really uh like i don't know have you ever gone on like a like a puzzle thing on a different game and it seems like there's too many too many people trying to do too many things at once yeah too many uh, yeah well i well i've only done one puzzle fight on npc side mm. and it seemed like it had just enough going on um but yeah i get that all right um but we saved the day and the uh police officer had one of my pamphlets which on the back says don't listen to authority figures and they nice. wanted a a uh was it? everybody's corruptible don't listen to authority th figures and this police officer has my pamphlet for gun safety and they wanted me to sign it for them because they were a uh gray moth Fan. A great moth fan. Awesome. <laughs> no day, problem, citizen. <laughs> and the day was saved. Thanks yep. to the gray moth. And other drunk friends. Yeah, and other alcoholics. <laughs> and, and, and other, like, moonshine runners. <laughs> all right, that's all I had to say. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we covered everything. Like, we talked about the Wendigo. And pretty much that was the last thing that night for us. So, okay, so Sunday morning rolls around. I don't know what happened Sunday morning. I know at some point Sunday, 
I went on another run to deal with the gremlins, which were the electric bug machine things. Oh yeah, I was and, we went, and we went to a nest. And once again, great fight, like a really fun fight. Um, because they're resistant to most damage, but they also don't throw out crazy damage. Yeah. So we're there just like punching them, and I had a my pipe, and luckily they didn't break it on me this time. And I was throwing acid and all these other things. I I shot one with a rendering bullet though, because I I had one and it was Sunday, so if I didn't use it, it was gonna disappear anyway. So I just blew one right out of the water as soon as they spawned in. Which now that I've played an NPC, is a really dick move. <laughs> Um, Wait, so, what did you do? So, like, I had a rending bullet, which rending is, like, the highest damage in this game. Yeah. And so these were um, gremlins. They were, they were two gremlins, and once defeated, they'd go behind a tree line, and they'd come back in a couple seconds. Like, they went behind their, like, nest shield area. And um, we killed at one time towards the end of it. I was just waiting for one to, like, step out of the nest again, and I had this rending bullet, and as soon as it did, I shot it. And blew it up, and uh, the the guy who was playing it stopped for a second, and looked like he gave me like uh like a confused look, like did you just really do that? And then turned around and went back in the thing. He later told me that he could have resisted that rending bullet, but he thought it was too funny and too good not to just die from that. So that was interesting. But no, then we then we destroyed the nest. I think um, I think Lawrence, um, or somebody shot magma, or sl or slag at it at one side of the nest, and I acid, like sprayed the other side of the nest, so it just collapsed on itself. Oh, for and... a second I thought you said like they shot it with like a magnum round or something like check that no. nest. That's what you get for coming <laughs> on our land. <laughs> See this gun? This gun can kill a building. Yeah, bam. <laughs> no, that would have been. <laughs> it's funny though. Um, no, but that's. I think that's the thing. I the one thing I did on Sunday. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Besides helping people, like organize making items and making money for the um the payoff for the police department. Uh, I had. A, I mean, I also had like a nice like um chat with a few people i had a really good heart to heart with sal in in some ways it was interrupted um it was interrupted by cora once again having an a weapon oh no him, and like running <laughs> and i don't even know why but but yeah that was my sunday what did you guys get up to sunday morning Terraltopia. oh that's right <laughs> You found. Oh, can we can we talk about? Did you talk about um your butler thing? Which butler thing? The one on Sunday when you were. Oh, when, when I showed up the, as Ryan yeah. Green and I was complaining about how Lawrence told my butler to stay home. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you explain that? Because that's so funny to me. Well, like I said last last event um uh, last podcast that the uh that. Um, but I needed a placeholder on the because we have a sheet right that says who's going on what run when what when they're doing it. They need to kind of like out a game plan also, right. but they do it in an in game way, and it works for everybody except for me because everybody has a real regular name and like they play their main character all the time. Right, they and, don't have a secret uh, identity. So I, the only way I could be like, oh, so I'm I can't be like, oh, I'll go on that one because obviously they'd be like, oh, okay, and then if I show up in a superhero suit, they'd be like, oh, well shit man what the heck but uh so i'm like oh my 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 uh butler will be here wilfred he'll do it and we went and got all this items for him and then uh like a like a what like a um a bulletproof vest or like yeah. a bomb suit right here i had so much gear <laughs> on me anyways so uh the the whole running joke was wilfred's like an 80 something year old man that like you know it's just like a weird butler guy that's like master crane i have your your crackers, you know. Type yeah. of deal. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyways, that morning, because Wilfred was told to stay home, I come back into town and I'm like, "Where's, where's Lawrence? I have to tell him how much he broke that old man's heart." You know, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> he wanted to come out and fight, thrash some whippersnappers, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
He already, went around. Had, he already had on the armor and he had yeah. the family shotgun. He had the family shotgun and he had the he had his walker with knives on it so he can ram people. <laughs> Lauren told him to stay home. Yeah. Lawrence told him to stay home and don't so, come. But the nice part was some of the players like play like ran with it. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, like Bliss was giving me crap about how like I didn't uh, show up and they need people to show up. And, and, <laughs> and it was lucky that the Grey Moth freaking showed up because you didn't. And I'm like, oh, oh unfor- that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> this was really good. I liked it was pretty it funny. I, my problem is I just need a reason to show up to town. You know what I mean? Like I need a reason for my character to be like in the area sometimes yeah oh well you're getting out of the house yeah i thought it was the the thing yeah well that's part of it but like sometimes i like to have like a like a like a reason for like walking around and just being confusing oh fair enough um and then what uh, about yeah what else did you, did you go on any runs on sunday um were there any runs on sunday besides so i did the the electric goblin gremlin party that one was so cool i so, to hear about this what? is where this is where ryan crane comes out and he's like you know what we should do we should put them into traps and use them as batteries yes and then it automatically went to him putting that inside of his mothmobile. they could do that the funny thing about it is they can heal from electricity but they also throw electricity so if they wanted if the if they if the players that were or the staff that was playing the gremlins wanted, they could hit each other to heal. Um, so yeah, they could just be a, a self-charging battery. But the thing yeah. is, they also eat mechanical things. So well, that's why you gotta you gotta like put them in the thing. A oh, thing. is there a doggy? Like, doggy? They, I heard a doggy. Oh, yeah, we heard a dog. I'm sorry. I'm pet so dog. Sorry. Pet dog. Right now. Pet I'm him right now. I'm doing it. Get him on the belly. Get him on the belly. I got it. I'm so put, sorry. Put him on the podcast. Doc, what do you got to say to the people? Speak. Yep. Okay. I get I get stage fright too. I understand. It's okay. <laughs> we put it. We put him on. Sorry. My roommate just left, and he's like incredibly upset. Aww. <laughs> oh, give him more pats. Poor bean. Pats. Richard has left the building. So did you do anything else that um oh so so trying to stay with Ryan's uh strange like of mysteries, uh Orphy had this really cool map. Did you see that map where it's like ripped yeah, that's pieces? Right. Yeah, we found throughout the event we found pieces to a mysterious map that even I'm not quite sure what it was supposed to be by the end of it. I, I guess it's like some type of like childhood hiding place of like some type of thing of Orphe's. And oh, yeah. uh and we just kind of walked around and talked about it and we, we literally followed the thing all the way to the flagpole and I'm like, oh it's gonna be on the flagpole. Like it leads right to where the flagpole should be and that should be the next marker on there. We get there and we're looking up and all the way to the top of this flagpole is this like piece of paper with writing on it. We can see it, we're like <gasps> is that it is that the thing so we go up there and we 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 bring down the flagpole and i you know usually i wouldn't rip things down off a flagpole but um we've used this flagpole before in different games for different things so i felt right. pretty safe of doing it it didn't look like anybody put a like an actual flag up there it looked it generally looked like a clue to be completely yeah. honest with you i looked up there i saw paper with something written on there and i'm like that is a clue so we go up there, we bring the whole thing down, it comes down, and we open it up, and it's a picture of a turtle with with sunglasses on, and it says Turtletopia on top of it. And it must have been, like, the summer camp the week before or something. Yeah, probably. And they, they made, a like, a flag, and they stuck it up there, and nobody remembered to bring it down. So we had this thing that said Turtletopia, and we went around showing everybody, of like, this, like, missing thing that we found after we went through and followed the map and everything and i'm surprised you weren't funny. i'm surprised you weren't like another another patron yeah we had the turtle bird patron. now we have a turtle patron what more patrons are we missing <laughs> a zebra patron <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so that was fun. Katie, what'd you do Sunday morning? Did you uh... eat more food out of your hands? Oh, you played that game, didn't you? What was the name of that game? Oh, that's right. You spent a long time doing that game. Um, Illumat. I play around. I play around of Illumat pretty much every single Attaway since um Professor Mance has brought it out. Yeah. Professor Mance cracks out this game that I think, I think it's it's either one of the band members or something like that of the Decemberists. I swear, I don't, uh, don't quote me on this, uh, made the game. It's really fun because it, it fits really well thematically. Like, it's a, a unique enough game that it works in the setting and stuff like that. It could probably work in any kind of setting. Yeah. Probably. Um, it's all seasons-based, right? Yeah, and I super enjoy it enough that I ended up buying it. And every time Mance cracks it out, I always play a game. Unless other people want to try it. We should but, play um, a game sometime. That looked really fun. It's super fun. And I would love to bring it to like a party or something like that. Like out of game to do. Oh yeah? Well, yeah. you know. I'm just, yeah. We might it do looked, that soon. You guys were having a good time. It looked fun. My problem is I don't like to jump into games. Like board yeah. games at, at LARPs. Because I don't know the rules. And I feel like I'm slowing everything down. I did that one time with a game called Shut the Box, and and I that's like a really simple game, and I'm just like, oh, I don't get it. Like I, uh, numbers, dice, why, you know? And especially now, I feel like a, a trend in our the games that we play that they they have their own games that they play. You know what I mean? Like Di has yeah, we um, got. Oh yeah, what has, does Di have? Di has uh, Fathom. That's right. Yep. And um. Attaway has Politico. Politico, yeah. yeah. Politico, uh, election. Election, yeah. I feel like and... election's going to be more of a more common played thing next arc. You think so? I think I so. so. I think next arc, you'll you'll see it around at like tables a lot more often. You won't have to just go to the Guild or Lantern to play it. Mm. I hope it becomes more of a common. It's a pretty because it's a pretty solid game and it's easy to pick up and leave. Um. I think it's just there's only one deck and it's at the Gilded Lantern. It'd be nice if it was at the um the common area as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna push for it a lot more with my new character. I think my new character will be more into games like that. So I do like that there there is uh like interactive games that you can play and stuff like that that are part of the world. Cause I hate when you like this happened to one one event I went to and like I thought it would be like you know, everything would be like in in world type of deal, and somebody brought out like a like a what was it a Walking Dead, um what the heck was it, Walking Dead um, I think it was like Scrabble not Scrabble sorry I think I don't it was weird weird and they like busted out like hey you guys want to play the Walking Dead Scrabble I'm like sitting there I'm like what <laughs> like <laughs> what is this it was just that it was literally like the Walking Dead Scrabble. And I'm like, wacky. That's not like something (laughs) my character would do at this moment, type of deal. Yeah. But I do like when when they have uh, in game, like even like when you're talking about that other game, it's so vague enough where it's not like, it's not like, oh hey, uh, let's play Monopoly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Adaway is a great game to just have games that you can pick up because if you have a deck of cards, like any deck of card game would work. With yeah. normal playing cards. Like it's easy just to start playing blackjack at a twenties setting. Um but yeah, there's also like Politico, the the one they were talking about. And you guys even invented uh ranches and raccoons. Yeah. Which still which still somehow kind of fits. Yeah. I've uh, seen uh I've seen a lot of a lot of LARPs have like a uh like an RPG game that they just kinda make up. Oh yeah. yeah. Interesting. And it's mainly just just like laughing at each other about how you know it's like a it's like a game inside a game type of deal you know when it's like a play oh, one inside oh. a play. I see. Um, um, but sometimes you just have to kill time because you know plots going around. It's not you know definitely yeah, you, like something you can jump onto. Yeah, and you can't always be in every plot. Uh, Katie, what else did you do on Sunday? 
Sunday, um, there was an issue in the, I think like furnace room or boiler room or something like that, um, where it was getting really, really hot and then really, really cold. And there oh. were elementals that had been attracted to that. So it was a both fire elemental and ice elemental. So that was a situation we had to deal with. Um, so I ended up going on that because um, I hadn't done anything yet that day. And that one sounded like a lot of fun and it sounded like something I could help with. I still had an um, elemental amplifier or like adapter or something like that it lets you yeah it lets you put the element on a weapon so i was like okay well we have a bunch of people here who can throw fire but we don't have a lot of people who can throw ice so i decided to put ice on my staff so that i would be able to fight like the fire elementals and stuff like that yep so that that one ended up being really fun because there was also like a mechanical aspect to it where like they had to I don't know what they were doing because I wasn't participating in it, but there were people who had to like get the boiler to a point where like they super cooled it down and then super heated it up and then super cooled it down again. Oh, did in they, order to, oh, they like, had a puzzle fight? It. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like, we don't get a whole lot of puzzle fights that out of way. Yeah, that one was really interesting because I, I think it was mostly Rowan and someone else who were kind of taking care of that. Um, and then everyone else was kind of like fighting the elementals, trying to keep them down. It was it was a wicked tough fight because both, at least the element, the fire elemental I know, was throwing out like brutal by fire, and I was like, oh no, oh, <laughs> I can't a, take those. Yeah, so that's a rough one. That was that was it was it was tough, but it was like fun and challenging at the same time. Hmm. So I I super enjoyed it and ended up being really cool. It was it was very simple. But it's like simple things like that where it's just like a small puzzle and a couple of baddies making things dicey. I think that was, I think that's like a lot of fun and very cool. Sounds pretty cool. All right. And then we had, so then we had the big thing, right? That's pretty much the last thing on Sunday that any of us did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, We took, because on Saturday night after the raid of the factory uh no the sixth district we got this um the special catalytic power core of sorts that was like a memory bank that had all these like memories and holograms attached to it so we brought it to this room and we turned it on and we got and and then a lot of things happened a lot of moving pieces so um a mechanic about it was staff went around and gave us costume pieces that related to the patrons as we know them and also little things to read because it was the mystery it was the um the mystery patron i forget the name like um it was like cirilla or Sierra? no Sierra? i i can find it out okay um while you look that up i'll just keep going <laughs> so um it was them and their their journey almost into being a patron because it starts off with that person um who's a scientist and flux is with them explaining that they can be part of the patrons and he's kind of there it's like a council meeting they're trying to decide if they're going to raise this person to patronhood which is the gods of the game so and they're all talking about their concerns and all the players that are acting as the characters um is it's not actually maybe i should have explained this too it's not like um it's not like the player character alan being alan and playing a part we're all kind of like everything once the machine turned on everything detached and we're all just watching a a scene but i think staff thought it'd be more fun if we were to play it out instead of them just playing it out and us watching a watching a thing so um and we all pretty much had a turn because there was six different phases of characters that had to be the patrons and read out a thing and if to roughly summarize it and you guys can fill in any of the blanks i'm forgetting but it seemed that there was a scientist 
who was brought into being a patron and they continued to do science and they were building crazy things and the people loved them for it and then their crazy things led to a war and their inventions of war were very very good or very powerful at least and all the people and the people of Brightboro loved them more and the patrons got concerned not only about the war but the new patron building these crazy things just to please the people they thought that they were just wanted to be beloved um but fluxes was defending them and the new patron themselves were defending themselves and it just kept escalating and the patrons decided to put them into a almost like um cryostasis of sorts they like they restrained all their limbs and made them fall into a deep sleep and that's kind of where it left off mm. was there any blank yeah. from there that you guys no. thought her, of Phil? her name was samira amira Samira. and we're still not quite 100 percent sure of what they're patron of we're guessing like it seems they're very sciency oriented and it seems to be a lot of war and peace or destruction yeah. and creation. They they're we've never got absolute confirmation on their what they are patron of, and they seem to blend into a few other patrons kind of roles. But they were luck looking at um what I had, which was what they valued, it was mostly like um, invention, curiosity, and like creativity. Interesting. So that seems to be like the main things that pre big split between the two things was. Um, and then I know it like directly said that they took in like humans would warp the positive aspects into negative aspects. Like, they would interpret, like, curiosity for expansion and invention for, like, claiming something, something, something. I'd have to look okay. it up. But I know that Samira hated that what the people, like, the human mortal people were doing was taking those aspects that were definitely more positively aligned and making them more negatively aligned and almost twisting them in a way. I see. So I don't know if maybe that's how the other patrons got to a point. I'm wondering, so I'm going to throw a theory out there or I guess a, a thing. Um, I'm wondering if all of the patrons started off as a singular positive like concept and that humanity is the reflection of like some sort of corruption and that they would corrupt that positive aspect and have like a negative other side of the coin and it was the patron's duty to envelop both the positive and negative aspects of their thing um and they don't necessarily have to be opposites it's just the interpretation of the positive aspect um, and they just kind of have to, like, scoop both up and be responsible for balancing both of those things. And it seems like maybe Samira didn't enjoy the need to balance the negative and the positive and only wanted the positive and thus neglected the negative aspects, which made it spiral out of control. Could be, yeah. So I, I wonder if the patrons started off similarly where... They, the, the responsibility of taking care of things that are considered more negative was something that they were almost forced to do because of humanity. Right. And it, that could very well be the case. It could also be a case of, you know, too much of, the, too much of a good thing is bad at the same time. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to play with and a lot to speculate at, like, you know midnight <laughs> during games but this was definitely the biggest info dump we've gotten on the patrons because we've for a whole two years we've been building up to 
who is the mystery patron what's going on why are the patrons like they are because this never this still hasn't filled in the the gap of knowledge of why the patrons are quiet and hide behind masks and seem a little detached i feel like they're robots though i don't think they're robots at this point eric that was not a bad idea i mean it's still i mean it could be but it seemed like a more plausible theory back in the day now not so much there's not really any themes that connect them to being robots from what i've seen i don't i don't i mean they're not mortal there's some sort of like fantasy aspect tied to them and we know that because when you transcend into patronhood um everyone forgets who you are yeah it's like a snap of the fingers and everyone all memories of you are erased and no one remembers who you are except i think maybe the other patrons um so at the very least it's not something that is like a hundred percent logical like oh they were just transferred from one thing into another like there is a massive effect on the entire world that caused everyone that like affected people in their brain right so maybe what's that brett the patrons don't seem to be hiding behind you know how in some stories where the gods are actually just have like a whole lot of science and they use their science in a way that looks magical it's not it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore it seems like the that the patrons are actually have some sort of godly powers that mm-hmm. are just straight up magic yeah i was just thinking um so uh my other hobbies include um, scary stories and whatnot. And uh, there's this thing called screen memories that uh, that a lot of people talk about, like especially now. Well, not now, but like like last year, you know how people were seeing uh, clowns on the side of the roads and stuff? Yeah. Okay, well, there's like this whole like theory that the reason why you're seeing clowns is because whatever you're actually looking at is scarier, but your mind can only put that there as like a placeholder. It's called a screen memory. Maybe that the patrons look that way because you can't comprehend what they look like because they're on another level and it's your mind just trying to make a facsimile of a person that you see. Kind of like the Elder Gods? Yes. Interesting. That's why we have a giant rat walking around. (laughs) Maybe maybe that, that would also kind of explain why the patrons are more easily identified by like signature articles of clothing and stuff like that rather than because like grim amos is identified by the fact that he wears a judge robe and has like a a mask and gilded Mm -hmm. frida is known for being like covered in gold and having an apron covered in blood and colvier is a rat with like patchwork clothing and stuff like that maybe maybe like the fact that they have like distinct aspects has something to do with that maybe i don't know conspiracy but, theory time <laughs> but that's the event pretty much caught up now we just are waiting for the season finale which is the next game yeah that's gonna be and, fun uh, i'm kind of sad are you yeah well i have to go to an event beforehand so like oh, I that's right yeah we I'll, I'll be honest with you i probably won't even come in as i as ryan crane you know, I'm probably going to be stuck at that event till like sundown. Are you not carpooling with us to uh, that event? Because we were planning on making a like two to three hour appearance. We can talk about it after. Thing. Yeah, well, we, we, we don't have to talk about it. Well, we can we can tell people what we're doing. We're going to go yeah. to a steampunk. Uh, our friends, the citizens of Antifer, we're, we're part of this large group. That's what we were doing earlier before LARP was yep. uh, steampunk stuff. And they're finally throwing their own festival, and uh, we're gonna go and hang out with them and try and support them as best as we can. Yeah, and that happens to be right on the Attaway finale game. Yeah, so our days are kind of yeah, we're a little locked into two things. I think for for um, Machenbachen, I plan to go for a few. 
hours and have a good time and then um, come back. But Mockenbakken's not that long. Mockenbakken's not very long. Um, it's also, I think, during a time where there's usually a lull in Attaway. Mm. So we can, yeah. it's definitely not hard to go around it. And for those of you listeners who, um, who aren't going to Attaway <laughs> and you want something to do, um, for Saturday, Mockenbakken is definitely a cool thing to check out. Yeah. And then, um, definitely, I don't have all the details on me cause I didn't think we were going to just talk about this on the podcast, but I don't mind plugging it either. So like Mockenbakken is a steampunk festival. You know what they have? They have chocolate chip cookies, right? And inside the chocolate chip cookie is bacon. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's the signature that's, dish. That's, yeah. that's, uh, <laughs> that's what in our little fantasy world of um, citizens of Antiford, that's what a Mockenbakken technically is. But there's yep. also all kinds of other food. They've got lots of entertainment. Um, citizens get- of Antiford are shelling out quite a bit of money to make this event good. Yeah. And it's not very expensive to check it out like if you want i have you want i have Saturday. the information right here oh. if you uh so it's over in kingston new hampshire it's over at the um the name of that place it's right here well the ymca camp camp lincoln and that's on october 5th and it's from 10 to 5 and if you buy your tickets online it's only five dollars and they have like a ton of stuff Oh, it's only. I thought it was actually more than that. Oh, that's well, cheap. Online, it's five dollars. I'm sure okay. at the door. At the door, it's, it's probably like ten. Maybe 10 I don't know. Fifteen. I'm not sure. That's still pretty cheap. It's but gonna 18. be rad. It's rad yeah. enough that we are sacrificing some of our beautiful game time to go and do it because we love both things equally. So we're gonna do both at the same time. Did you see that grilled cheese that they have up there? Oh my gosh, oh, I saw the, the grilled cheese, and I'm like, well, now I'm great. definitely going for Heather. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm going to eat like five of them. It looks really good. It looks so good. Well, it's going to be a fun event. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if any of you guys are interested, that's um, that's up, October 5th. Me, October 5th. <laughs> it's definitely something to check out, a good way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah. So, um, so, so we got I, that. I but just think that's... I want to throw out there. Yeah. If we're ready to move on. Well, I was going to say, that's why I was thinking of just dressing up as the gray moth so I can just go yeah. and yeah. just be like, hey, everybody, it's it's me. I'm in a costume, you know? That would be awesome. It'll, it'll definitely fit pretty good. I don't think I'm actually going to change out of Hex's clothes. I think for the next event, I'm going to be dressed back to classic Hex. So... Oh, you think you got your purity under... Under control. I, I really don't like that that was a joke. I was really oh. tired of that pretty fast. <laughs> That's understandable. Yep, and the people that were making the joke didn't pick up on the hint that I didn't like it. But no worries. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you. If you're having a problem like that, you can always just duck out of game for a second and be like, okay, I, I'm not... I know, I know. Like, I know, like, you're, you know, like, sometimes you don't want to do it, but, like, you know, you should just say something instead of going with it. You know? I should have, but at the same time, I was really hoping the joke would just fade away because it wasn't even that funny, I thought. But I should have just been like, hey, I'm not the biggest fan of this joke. Yeah. And I don't and, like my character that goes being summed for, up in this manner. Yeah, and that goes for anybody. If you're at a, at a LARP or anything like that and something's going on that you're not into, definitely tell them out a game right away. Be like, hey, this is not something I want. You know, don't don't force yourself to go through something just because you think it'll make other people happy. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we have? Do we want to maybe talk about things that we're hyped about or things that? Yeah. About the next well, thing, because this might be—I don't know what the future holds, but this might be the last the the last Attaway podcast before the next event summed up. I'm not hmm. sure yet, so maybe we want to talk a little bit about expectations and what were, yeah, what things were thinking is going to happen. All right, I let's know. Hear, yeah. oh. No, I want to hear from you. You tell me <gasps> what's Fight Shiver's plans. Me, um, I introduced Shiver as a character um, that I knew I was probably going to want to play into the second arc and potentially the third arc, depending on how things go. 
Um, it, I definitely feel like we're, we're not even halfway through figuring out what's going on with Wendigo plot. Um, so I'm really excited to continue exploring that plot line a lot, um, figuring out like everything about them, anything that she possibly can. Um, I know Shiver is really invested in her goals and is um, probably at a point where she's willing to die for them, um, <laughs> which is unfortunately a strong possibility. I would say Shiver is probably the most likely character to perm um, out of all of them, only because her goals align with something so dangerous. But I will also say, I do not plan to get her killed. She doesn't, she's not a character that I'm like, like trying to cause suffering for, or I'm like, oh, I want to, <laughs> I want them to get killed off. Like, that's not my goal, but, um, I don't know, based on the direction she's going, there's, there's a chance that that could happen. And that's something I kind of like <laughs> tried to come to terms with, but I, I think I'm looking forward to seeing how the Wendigo stuff goes. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with the Fae plot? I don't know. The Fae plot's in like a really complicated place for me right now. Yeah. Where I'm not sure if I'm into it. Um, so I'm interested to see if it drifts back in a direction that I want to be invested in, or maybe right, if that's right. something that I'll keep as like a side thing. But um next event, I'll be hundred percent honest, I have no idea what's gonna happen. Cause it's like this event felt like it was a pretty huge thing that we had like thrown at us at the very end and that was like massive so i'm trying to think about what we could have next event and i can't even fathom it mm. right now <laughs> yeah i i'll be honest with like the gray moth stuff i i don't really i don't so the problem is the next event, right, is all mainly about um, like trying to end people's arcs that they they want to ch- like end or have right. like you know like I I don't know I don't want to like feel like I'm like pushing myself into a situation where you know because like the character's pretty silly and sounds like people want to have like a serious like you know plot ending thing and i don't want to be like hey citizen i see you found your father you know like (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) i don't don't think you'll run into a situation like that i think Uh, i'm pretty good at finding myself into bad situations (laughs) i see that's fair (laughs) but uh yeah i don't really i don't really expect anything to happen for the gray moth like i don't really know what like i have a pretty basic like plan for the character in the first part po- in the first place so it's not like i'm like expecting anything right i'm just trying to figure out who killed my wife Ooh, i didn't even know that that was the uh yeah. person oh, i never told you. you i never told you the i know whole... you had i know you had a dead wife and i know that like you were the suspect for it but i didn't i thought that was just an eric haha thing no, that's like I the whole know. character. That's why I he's didn't... dressing up like a like a Mothman because he can't looking for the interesting. Okay, um, I want to say my expectations for the next event are pretty high. I'm trying to plan for next event, and because I need a, I'm I'm retiring Hex. Hex is, I'm locking him away. I have a new character that I have planned for Arc Two, so I need to come up with a satisfying conclusion for this arc and i got some high expectations but i'm trying to keep those high expectations with knowing that i don't uh i don't have anything so i'm so i want to be a part of the however the wild hall ends up so like i want to be there for the final talking trying to wrap up whatever they're doing of this arc and hex involved in that Mm. and then for the final battle um or the final push into the um the sixth district i'm actually working on making um power armor just for this event maybe i'll leave it with Ado. um maybe i'll bring it to Ado events after this oncoming one if anybody wants to wear physical rep for power armor but i'm building hex some power armor because i want to be a part of the final fight it seems like the last few big fights that 
we've had in the sixth district. I've been taking a back seat for other players. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I feel like I got to LARP it like I stole it. I want to be in the final battle against Ingrid. I want to have my moment. I've been very cautious not to be a plot hog this entire game. And I'm going to be very adamant that I want to be in the final fight because I've been building Hex to this moment. And I'm really, I'm really worried that it's going to be taken away from me if I'm not adamantly being like, hey, I want to be in the final fight. I want to talk to Ingrid kind of thing. So yeah. those are my expectations. I want to get into the final thing. I want to be there. I want to have Hex get the moment I'm looking for without, once again, without ruining the experience for other people. Um, and I think if it plays out like I think it will, which I won't explain more than that, but I now, but I think it's a moderate way. Then I can, then I can happily wrap him up and call it good. Now I have a question. Have you told staff about how you want to wrap up the character and everything? Or so since uh, I don't know if we talked about this last last podcast, but maybe I should do that now. So throughout. Since the second, I think, event, second or third event, after playing Hex for a little bit, I just I thought about where I could see his plot going, and I talked to staff way early in the game about it, about having Hex, by the end of Arc 2, turning into a bad guy. And um, I've talked to staff a little off and on about it in different ways, and it seemed like they were on board, and... I'm going to spare a lot of everybody a lot of the details about this, but recently we talked about it, and I don't think staff and I were ever really on the right page with how we were going to go about this, and they offered me a couple different ways we could go about it, and nothing quite fit with what I felt like the character would do. And also, and the more important thing is um, all the options presented to me meant that I couldn't be there for the final game as Hex. So that was kind of the deal breaker. So it, I had a lot of, I had almost like a year and a half of thinking about how I was building the character to a villain turn point um, because I thought it would be fun for all the players if a new rival for the second arc was once a close friend, um, which would have been cool, but it, there's a lot of complications um that are tied with that it's not really cool to have somebody because i would still want to also play in arc two and it wouldn't be cool to have a player who's playing some a character in who's who's a player character in arc two and also a npc character in arc two that's too complicated so that plan got scrapped so and after that i felt really bad like i felt like i asked too much out of staff um and i felt bad that we were on a wrong page and that i had different ideas of what was going on it was just a lot of confusion and a lot of not understanding each other and i still currently feel really bad about that so the way i'm wrapping up hex i believe i've told them and they don't have to have any they don't have to do anything like I've told them how I plan to wrap him up and it doesn't require any of their um, intervention. They don't have to plan for it. They don't have to, because he's just going to, oh, I don't want to, I don't really want to spoil it. Yeah. It's nothing, right. it's nothing yeah. big and crazy, but, and what I plan to do for the second arc should also be in line with the general player plan. So I've found a way to wrap him up in a way that I don't need to ask anything more out of staff because I feel like I've already like crossed a line accidentally. Um, so yeah, maybe I should still shoot him an email or some of them listen to this podcast. So if they, but no, it, it, they shouldn't have to do anything and I'm not going to, and it's not pulling any surprises on them. It's a very generic exit. Mm. So, it's very mundane. I was wondering, just making sure that wasn't going to be like a like a sad that moment. Was a sad moment. 
Yeah. No, it it shouldn't be any sadder than anybody else's. I would say Varia's no. departure and Danny's departure were probably the most dramatic so far. Right. And those are good. Those were so good. And Steph, and the thing is, uh, you know, you don't need a crazy big ending and sorrow can be a good fun thing in the game like it's it's fun that they just disappeared and left us left all the other players in the dust and in the confusion <laughs> um i wish there was more stuff like that happening to be honest but that's all player driven for the most part so it's all players that decide that yeah. speak with staff ahead of time and are like i want to make an exit with my character and what I would not. say the biggest thing for Varya's exit is that Steph was so, so kind and reached out to see if, like, there was going to be, like, an ending scene or, like, if they wanted her to be, like, written out in such a way. Like, they, they definitely offered to help. Um, and I, I kind of figured that, like, in this instance, less is more. And it would be more impactful for her to just kind of, like, just to just kind of be like gone and I, I had stuff that I had planned to leave for people so that they would have like things to process with and things that would be like explicit that Varia had left um mm -hmm. and I think that as much as I want to be like that was executed really well it was pretty hard to like mess something like that up um mm -hmm. in general but I super appreciated staff reaching out to help make sure that my character got a good conclusion and got the proper kind of like goodbye and stuff like that that, that well proper goodbye in quotations because the point was that she didn't say goodbye right what a butthead Ooh. yeah Ooh. Right, it totally sucks <laughs> we don't miss her anyway so is that well i, I missed the cheddar the, the cheddar, uh, what are those? The cheddar, uh, bunnies? Oh, yeah. Well, Varya still brought snacks. Last event, question mark? Yeah, she left a, left a basket of your cookies. Yeah. We all, we all joked about that. They're like, where's Varya getting, like, these, like, mass-produced cookies in the woods? <laughs> Little do you know that the Keebler elves... <laughs> yeah, really. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> does, does anyone know for certain that that was from Varia? Yes. Shut the fuck up, Brett. <laughs> you, you don't Shut, know What do that. you mean you don't know? There was seashells under the fucking cookies. They are tricky. It had, it had blue stuff, like, and it's like... It had blue Varia stuff. would always... There was a fish it. on the front of it. <laughs> Listen... They are tricky, tricky creatures. What you don't know is that snow, Varia's bear, is actually sentient, and it's actually walking around and stuff using fey magic. That would be awesome. And it's secretly, like, thirst Spying for blood. Yeah. Um, no. Any <laughs> other expectations I have for the second game is I'm hoping there's a big battle towards the end of it, and I'm hoping that I get a chance to interrogate Ingrid. Those are kind of my expectations. Um, I have expectation, or it's, I don't know if this is really an expectation, but I don't feel like the, I feel like when we get to the Wild Hall thing, we're not going to get a happy ending with the Wild Hall for this arc. Not in like a bad, like it's poorly written way. I just don't think that we're going to get the go happy, like good possible ending that everybody's optimistic for. And I'm personally okay with that. That's yeah. what I think. I think it'll wrap up in a good narrative um, way, or maybe not quite wrap up, but it's gonna it's gonna get what we need out of it. But it's not gonna be the trolls and Faye holding hands and song. That's my expectation. There oh, better be a song at the end. Darn it! Yeah. Oh no. If we don't all break out into synchronized singing, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh God. Uh, I. For my expectations for next game, I guess if I were to throw out one thing that I'm kind of like predicting, there's been a lot of foreshadowing about the war and stuff like that in oh, this yeah. game. 
And I kind of feel like we've been learning a lot about the war, but not, I don't know. And maybe that's just me, just because like I haven't been able to read about it as much and stuff like that. I feel like, I feel like all the war propaganda stuff that we keep finding on all the books that are redacted and everything, I don't know if it's pointed towards anything really specific in-game, despite, like, this, uh, um, I, I lost my sentence. I, I think the game's gonna end in war. I think all the stuff we've been finding is relevant to, in, like, things we're trying to research now, but I also think it's a big foreshadowing. Especially well, we did because Volus, uh, an agent from Volastead, has been in our midst, kind of like spying on us almost, or like yeah. at least is trying to take stuff from us. So I think war between Volastead is a pretty big potential, and I'm really curious how that's gonna shake things up for I the think next arc. I think I'm not sure if war is going to be a arc two or arc three thing, but I feel like it will happen at some point, especially since we're doing a lot of deco punk um, stuff and deco punk tends to bleed into um, diesel punk and diesel punk's very forties, which yeah. is very war themed. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's going to get to a point. I, I don't know if it's a next arc thing. I think what we're going to... It seems like this arc, in terms of the Volstead relations, has been very, like, no war, very peaceful. I think if there's going to be more Volstead and war themes, it's going to be more Cold War um, for arc two to a boiling point of an actual war, possibly, in arc three. That would make sense. That would be my guess, but I'm not sure. I can feel that. Do At the very any... least, I feel like that's a big thing that's going to get dropped on us. Is like, oh my gosh, this is a thing now. I'm I'm just kind of wondering, and I know it's the sort of thing where it's like, we're, we're, the, we're the center of attention for the plot, because obviously that's where the LARP is set. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, Attaway still is not to deal it's with what? potential war breaking out uh, between two city things. I'm yeah. really curious how staff's going to handle the fact that a lot of people at the still are just there to like make brew and have a home and like how they're going to handle those themes and stuff like that considering our setting and stuff so i'm very curious i'm very excited to see how that goes you right. just want to make brew have a home and fight crime make hey. brew make money um do you have any <laughs> other speculations or expectations eric um well i don't know we'll see what happens i i i can't really like pinpoint where plot's gonna go yeah. I, I always feel like with this game at least like i i have a hard time figuring out where everything and that's not a bad thing because like you start seeing a lot of tropes and when you start playing a lot of games you start seeing a lot of tropes of things especially uh -huh. if you do like uh role-playing games you kind of like oh the bad guy i really wasn't expecting a uh volstead guy to show up at the end right the guy that we yeah. built the magic metal hands for yeah th yeah, that kind of sucks that's unfortunate but <laughs> happens i know there's been a lot of there's been a lot of people that have because we also discovered about the um the Faye sisters, or not Faye, but the um the Wild Hall, like Granny Bones, and one of them was one of the Whites, the Undertakers. Like that was just right in front of our faces for so long. Yeah. But, but anyway, hey, we should probably. It just goes to show that specific staffer, you know who you are. We can't ever trust them. Yeah, I guess. Don't so. throw everything back in our faces. I don't trust any of them. <laughs> and little metal say. hands. <laughs> and their plot documents. Mm, I don't trust any. Yeah, so much for for Trash Panda, whatever his name was. He's gonna turn into an antihero. He's so gonna be a villain. For, so much for friendship. Am I right? Yeah. Um, so we're gonna listen. We're gonna end just, the episode here at this point. We love um, you, staff. Yeah, we love you, staff. Uh, we'll talk about Attaway when we find another good chance to talk about Attaway. Um, but we're gonna sign off here. So. Have a nice day, everybody. We look forward to talking with you again. Bye. Have a great day.